0: His spidey senses tingling. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, he's Slim, the host of the Paper Cake Podcast, episode
1: one hundred thirty two. Welcome to the show. Papercake.com you know, is a podcast where we talk about the books that we had read this week, new and old. Doesn't matter how old it is, or if we actually read it. Uh, and we'll do a book club. Fresh on the digital presses for the first time ever. New publisher. Noir. Stray Bullets.
2: Uh,
1: Let's introduce our hosts with the most. Speaking of most, Jonesy loves Pert Plus. Look at that hair on his luscious body.
0: You know, people said... That teased hair on men Wouldn't make a comeback And here I am alive and well in 2013 Tell me you're dead wrong, America
2: Absolutely agreed with that statement. I could smell the fresh shampoo coming off the top of that hair. Once again,
0: I mean, I like my women with white rain and denim jackets, and
1: I tease my hair up with some perplus. This is a G-rated podcast, my friend. Uh, (laughs) He's an unpublished writer, but he just made a bold statement. Welcome to the show, Jonesy Loves Beer. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you once again for having me in in one of the few remaining shows in the podcast, Dan. What does that mean? The Dan won't be here in like a month.
1: Oh, (laughs) Jonesy making strange allusions to something (laughs) the hosts don't even know. To Uh, construction. Good lord. Uh, Finally, inarguably some of the best hair also on this this podcast. The gray hairs of one Dale underscore a podcast phenom. It looks like he's wearing a gray wig, but that is his real gorgeous, lush hair. Um, Podcast bad boy. Welcome to the show.
2: It's great to be here, the last show to post in the year 2013, uh, one of the last remaining shows Ever? of the
1: year. Question mark? <laughs> Jonesy Illusion?
2: Two mystery? <laughs>
1: so, uh,
2: it's, it's great to be here, my hair is lucky to be here, I got blacked out on a rye whiskey yesterday. Blacked out. And I had a lot of fun. Your kids listening to the show right now?
1: Blackout
2: Dad. That's
1: what they're going to call you. They're calling yeah. me Blackout, Dale underscore A. Mm-hmm. Good for you.
2: Felt good. Felt real good, America.
1: Did you just wake up with like hardcover comics strewn over your body and you didn't know what was happening?
2: Yeah, my, my feet numb from my cold basement, but I couldn't feel it at the time, <laughs> so I had my socks off. We had, oh, it was You real. have baby
1: feet anyway, so it's <laughs> hard to even really talk about Hashtag that. Hashtag doll feet. <laughs> uh, what a show we have planned! First of all, we're 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 foregoing our usual format. We're adjusting it slightly to look back on the year that was, aught thirteen, and uh, we'll talk about instead of a book that we read this week, we'll talk about some of our favorite, maybe top fave that we had talked about on this show ever in the year 2013. 51 episodes, if I can count correctly. So hopefully everyone made a list. I'm really worried about Jonesy. I don't know what kind of time he had this week. Uh, he's probably loading up Libs in right now, just yeah. scrolling really fast.
2: One of the last remaining lists to be made of the year. I want to check the text document
1: creation time. And track it to <laughs> Sunday night, 10 p.m. And then uh so Stray uh, Bullets. Things. Stray Bullets is our book club. I'm very excited to talk about it. I'm very excited to hear opinions. I have a feeling I know a few of them already. Stray Bullets. Noir. Noir. Yeah. yeah Black noir. and white. Image has taken it over and is publishing it, but we'll get into it. Let's go to the man with the text document that is fresh. <laughs> Jonesy loves beer. Take us back to 2013. I
0: think the first place that either of us needs to stop in the this great train ride to love that is Paper Keg in 2013, you know, we hit the gas uh, this year after tapping those brakes, <laughs> and one of my favorite refilling stations, if you will, became a verb this past year, and that was episode 92, Ruck a Keg.
1: mm Jesus.
0: So I want to take you back to ninety two, nineteen ninety two, 1992, <laughs> episode 92. You know, Greg Rucka wrote one of the greatest uh, 20 or so issue runs on The Punisher, uh, jumped the shark, introduced a female Punisher counterpart. It just brought a lot of writing, like really just like an actor would chew the scenery. He just wrote the scenery, if you will. Uh, just great stuff. I wonder still to this day if Greg Rucka said, I want to take all the tropes that people think when they write The Punisher and just pull them off instead of just, you know, trying to throw them out the window. And he really did. And uh, we have since then rucka Akira. And uh, Ruckaing ing is something that we do now because of that seminal run on The Punisher. And that has to be one of the my favorite episodes, not only 2013, but our entire run.
1: Absolutely, that was a mm. great episode, and I, I think we talked about it last time when I actually met Greg Rucker for the first time at Stop the It, the New York Comic Con, and I was made fun of for not bringing it up that we talked about Rucka keg or that Rucka keg <laughs> was a thing. But I don't know if I ever told it on the air, but I did say something to Steve Wacker when I interviewed him on that other podcast that I did do. Um, the I said, uh, you know, me and my friends really loved. Craig's Punisher run so much that we did a book club on it for the entire run and he was like actually um, taken aback. He was like really happy to hear that someone had loved the run so much as he did and you know loved it so much that they did an entire book club about the entire series and he was like really touched by it. It was really cool.
2: Yeah. um, Two words. Marco Chichetto Oh yeah. On that Mm. GD punisher run i mean that just was the cream on the on top of the crop for the uh, for jonesy's pick uh (laughs) episode 92's ruck a keg yeah marco chichetto has ever since uh witnessing him on uh, the punisher my eyes have been awares of him and his work since then he was. Uh, he made a few stops recently on the uh, Superior Spider-Man team up. Your boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, it was a, a great, great time in our lives in 2013. And I think what shocked
1: me was when Chichado Ch- did not return for the Warzone Zone uh, miniseries that wrapped up Rucka's run, and I was really pissed off, and I didn't like the artist at all, but that run. That artwork turned out to be phenomenal for that four-issue miniseries. I was really wrong on that entire mm-hmm. arc. His his artwork
2: was a joy for those final issues. Yeah who who was the artist on that? Uh. That was great. it was it was superb. I remember it being fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is what I remember of that. Jonesy, great uh, pick. Yeah, it's, those oh, are absolutely. two
1: two specifically that he mentioned that were on my list. We might. I actually have a list of like ten things. I'm not keep, sure if let's anyone keep made a going. list. Let's just don't stop this train. Uh, well, let me go back further, if we if we may, to a book that I had talked about that I'm not sure if anyone else has read since the since then. But Strikeforce Moratori from Marvel Comics, one of my favorite reads of 2013. Do you remember? Do you remember that, Jonesy? Do you remember talking about that book? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Strikeforce <course> for Tory. <laughs> Thanks, for Thanks for being on this show. Listen, and I'm speaking to me directly about this book during that segment. Directly. If, if you guys could just uh, let me put my headphones
2: on this mic stand, I'll just get out of here. Might be for the best. You, Straight- would, just, you would love that, wouldn't you? That's probably what you did during the Strike Force Mortory segment.
1: Yeah, he was playing Assassin's Creed 2, you know, World <laughs> War th- World War 2, whatever setting he was uh, in, some kind go. of boat, he was fighting the Nazis, I don't know. Troll it up, troller. He uh Strike Force Mortory. <laughs> Jonesy is the Jack Palance of Batman of this <laughs> podcast, just making crazy <laughs> statements and saying them very strangely. Jack Strike Force Mortory was the Marvel title that came out in the '80s, um, where these kids were trained to become super soldiers, but their powers would only last a finite time, and it was like a it was like a Starship Troopers esque Marvel comic title. It didn't have any kind of regular heroes. It was a different universe. Um, so these kids knew that their powers were only for a short period of time, but they still signed up to get the superhuman strength. And it was a world where, obviously, these people were um, viewed as, you know, celebrities. They went out and partied, and they had code names that everyone knew. And it was just a great miniseries that I was shocked that Marvel had made in the 80s. It was so forward-thinking and unrelated to superheroes at the current time that I, I ate it up. It was amazing.
2: I think that's um, also one of the books you brought up to Steven Wacker when you're... Uh I did and
1: I, I I took him aside and I did the Jack Palance you know you i my number one Okay I said that to him he, he asked me to leave. I think that was when he asked me to leave.
2: Yeah, he was like get out of my city of Manhattan <laughs>
1: probably. Dale, take us back the to the memory lane right down the street twenty thirteen, papercake.
2: I went through the list and I and I have a list, I mean a list long and distinguished here for books that sh- really shone for me in 20, 000, 2013. Um And one of those books being, you ready for this? Yep. I'm not ready for this. Because there are so many good ones. I'm Didn't we do
0: like an 11-minute bit on how I'm terrible at this? <laughs> and <when> nobody <laughs> jumping on Dale. I
1: mean, I, I, mean don't. I don't want to break the floor. Listen, I had a great. We were talking about cream of the crop earlier. I had a great Pert Plus foamy cream line that I held back. <laughs> I didn't want to go too <laughs> far into the Pert Plus jokes, and I held it. So you're welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go ahead and, and say. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Tom Strong. Oh, great pick. Mm. Alan Moore. Great uh, pick. We. We read the S out of this. Alan Moore in, in in Paper Keg's Eyes is a hero, and Tom Strong is a shining example of the uh, the fun that could be had within comics. Oh my!
1: You want you know, to tell, you want to show people a shining example of what comics can be, Tom Strong. That's it. I'm you strong. just throw it at him and you leave. That's it. I, I, uh, I
0: remember a time before the show when I had a low opinion of Alan Moore because all I heard was the backlash part of it. Oh, he's too good to do you know, to do, you know big two books and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, just the opportunity to read Alan Moore and see why he's so talented and beloved. That's just one of the things I'm grateful for, 2013 Paper
2: Cake. I'm
0: grateful that you're grateful, Jonesy. <laughs> a little time
2: to be alive. Uh, you guys mind if I drop a little uh, paper keg 2013 factoid hmm. on oh, y'all? Hit,
0: hit me with some Trump, yeah. The highest,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: The highest downloaded show that was released in 2013? You, wanna, you guys want to take a, a shot in the dark real quick?
1: Our 100th episode. I'm going to say Infinity Gauntlet.
2: You would be right if the year were 2012- <laughs> Damn it. uh Slim the Infinity Gauntlet is in fact our our highest of all time downloaded episode. Wow. Wow. Strange. Uh so take yeah, yeah, if you can believe that. And n- interestingly enough, this isn't a 2013 factoid, but number 2, Hellboy. What? Wow. Our okay. hi- our second highest downloaded episode. It's interesting cuz remember last week I suggested going
1: back to the hellboy universe. Oh my god. Before we all forget because inevitably I will and then I'll ask you guys what I suggested and then Dale will just, just suggest some kind of anthropomorphic <laughs> some such.
2: Right, and we will all be three quarter mostly will be mostly let down on the choice but we won't be able to think of anything else to do. So we'll just do it.
1: Top downloaded episode of 2013, please.
2: Yeah. The Dark Phoenix Saga.
1: Oh. Oh wow.
2: There you go. We really got him. It really got him. Wow.
0: Them. Surprised! I did not expect that. Man, that's yeah. probably why Gene Gray comes back every, you know, two and a half years. They just sell comics. Great book club. episodes. I
1: loved going back to read that. Uh, yeah, Gen Z, What else is on your list?
0: I want to talk about two things, and maybe I can't express it enough. I'll have to get some audio here. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> How can we talk about 2013 and not talk about episodes 89 and 118? Uh, for the listeners who, maybe this is your first episode, I apologize. <laughs> but those two episodes were our Paper Keg Nights episodes. We talked about adult comics only uh, in the second rendition, 118. I actually wore drag for uh, the, all the trivia nuts out there. It was a 4XL women's leopard blouse, uh, blouse with a uh, a rose shawl, and I lit some candles, and I had some sunglasses on, and it was uh, Paper Cake Nights uh, 2. Uh, we read uh, Black Kiss 2, the first episode, uh, which is how we got the term Dagmar for anything Dale talks about, and uh, also we read Crossed. In 2013, and I'm still trying to erase that from my purchase list from every online document that I own. Uh, Paper Gag Nights, I'm sure a third installment will be coming in uh, 2014, but absolutely two of our best theme shows that I thought got a lot of interaction
2: from the listeners.
1: Plus, a great theme song from David Hasselhoff.
2: You can be sure that uh, for paper keg nights volume three jonesy goes full norman Bates on us and dresses both as both parts Uh, (laughs) i mean the fact that you had to dress in drag what i just i don't under i don't just don't don't ever question my dedication (laughs) i I I think uh i think that
1: picture of jonesy wearing that drag is like the still frame cover photo of that episode it's just (laughs) like this black aura with glasses (laughs) like a powder house (laughs) with the crazy lighting it was hilarious I remember reading Black Kiss 2 I think in the airport and I might have even sent a picture to to Dale because it was so so like a hard scenario reading Black Kiss 2 in an airport surrounded by other people I had to like find a seat where my back was to the wall so no one could see what I was reading
2: hey you know what uh, you know what the Hasselhoff would say so something's gotta give something's gonna break (laughs) You know It's a struggle
0: uh, After the sun goes down guys
2: How about um, Going
1: back in time Not so far back But I think it was I believe was Mark's Last episode Our deceased co-host Mark Farrington Yeah uh, DC historian Who I've been playing that Damn quiz up game with him And he gets like 80% DC comic questions For the superhero comics category And destroys me every time
2: But he's now deceased how messed up is that, though? I mean, the superhero comics uh, uh, topic thread is so wide open in the in that game, and he ends up getting eighty percent DC questions. That's ridiculous. It's like every time, I feel
1: like every question's a DC question because every Marvel trivia game that I've ever played, the answer was either New York City or the Avengers. <laughs> uh, so his ex- his
2: stone cold fact: his
1: final episode was uh, Return of Barry Allen, mm. Mark Wade.
2: I remember <clears throat> loving that book. Cosmic treadmills and all.
1: I I was aghast mm-hmm. at how fantastic that storyline was. I, I was stunned. I was gobsmacked. Uh, that's another book. After you throw Tom Strong at some zero trying to get mm-hmm. him into comics, you hit him in the back of the head as they're walking away with Return of Barry
2: Allen. Yeah, they read that and then they just drop the book and they say, "What's next?" And then there's cricket sounds because nobody else <laughs> knows what to recommend from uh, DC. But Return of Barry Allen was a fan freaking tastic mm-hmm. arc. I mean, the, uh, the all the flashes in there. Oh man, that was so good. Mark Wade, of course. It's Mark. Wa- I mean, it's Mark Wade. Stop already. It
1: wouldn't be a Mark Farrington episode without a Mark Wade no, book. that's true. I, I think, actually, another fact to it for 2013, 90% of the episodes Mark Farrington appeared on were episodes that talked about Mark Wade books.
2: <laughs> we're going to need to fact check that. Oh, he only showed, <laughs> that. He only showed up because they were Mark Wade books. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. yeah. That was in his contract. Did somebody count the number of absences uh, in
1: 2013? That's my My second nugget one of the greatest books I've ever read. Number one Spidey book ever written by human beings, Craven's no. Last Hunt. Oh,
0: I love that episode so much. I went and got the hardcover off of Amazon <laughs> that night.
1: I thought you. I thought you said you got the hardcover of our episode off of Amazon.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I did was there's a secret hardcover paper keg section mm-hmm. uh, that only I have access to,
1: and I just ordered this. I mean that that book. It should be taught in schools about how to write. And how to draw a comic book. That's that's all there is to it. Amazing stuff. That there's amazing pacing in that book and storytelling that I had, you still can't you you won't see today in superhero comics.
2: Yeah, that's oh man, that's it's. I didn't. I I remember not being prepared for the uh, for the expectation to be lived up to, and it was conquered. My expectations were conquered after reading that book because it was so crazy. That
0: art still does it for me. Just those poses of him in the rain and the black suit and the rain runs off him in these dark blue spots and he just does all the classic poses. That art in Cravis Lance Hunt, that could be the art school scenario to your teach in school scenario. This is why I stop here, paper folks, for
1: the commentary from Jones English Beer. <laughs> uh, Dale underscore A. Can you, can you go back to the lane? I want to
2: go back to this real quick. Just real quick. I haven't uh, modified or or fiddled with this in uh, quite a few months. But I'm just going to go ahead and click on it and uh, hope for the best first. Before I before I rattle off my uh, one of my picks. I'm just going to play this. Hey, this is Chris Somney. And I just wanted to say a huge congrats Ooh. to the Paper Kid guys on 100 episodes. Ooh. Keep it going, guys. Just got chills. Ooh. Did you
0: uh, okay? Question for the listeners: Something's Was going, that an yeah. audio file, or did he just shot that from your bathroom, and you just told us you were clicking a button?
2: I have his. I have a second channel set up here, my mixer, just for him. <laughs> just Dude, of, th-
1: of Chris tied up to that radiator with the barbed wire around his wrists. Twenty thirteen, <laughs> the year that Dale
0: kidnapped a grown man.
2: <laughs> That's it. I'm. I'm so happy that. Started, out with, it out, it started out. out with such promise. Started out with such promise, and now we're back to being some sicko, uh, some Wayne Gacy fellow. Did you have
1: any other bullet points? Uh? I, I,
2: I, I mean, I was, uh, uh, Daredevil, Dark Nights, number one. Remember that issue? Uh, fantastic. Um, that yeah, was... Um, amazing
1: issue. Excuse me.
2: Yeah. That was an amazing issue. That might be... well Single issue of the year?
1: Right. You, you just called it that possibly, single issue of the year.
2: If I went back and reread it, I, it could very well possibly be. If not, it's up there. A uh, couple other ones of note. Poop office. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> I am not kidding when I say it's a hilarious book. Issue two is out now, but I laughed like no other reading that that uh, comic. It was great.
1: Yeah, that creator seems like a good dude. That uh, of the poop office. You know, he, yeah. He, they they I think he he sees gruff and guff about the the book, but it's actually really funny.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's got a good sense of humor about you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, having the courage to have a uh, search filter set up, you know, so it, he gets a hit every time poop office may be tweeted about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a good dude. And it's, it's it, hilariously funny. If you got a sense of humor, you know, you gotta have that. And, uh, so that's in there. Strangers in paradise. Mm. Terry Moore. Hm Great stuff. That Omnibus is, um, on the shelf at the comic book shop in Delaware, and it stares at me every time I
1: you, walk by it. You touch it longingly.
2: Yeah, Desiree playing. <laughs> uh, the whole rest of the wor- my world gets shut out. Shuts out when I see that everything uh, goes
1: black except a spotlight on you and that hardcover.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my uh, unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt with no <laughs> undershirt and a uh, a, a gun. That uh, has etched uh, thy long sword on the side of it, you know it's all sets the stage for
0: wow, that is some absolutely
1: specific yeah. Romeo and Juliet remake callbacks you are doing right now, I think we should have a Halloween party in the middle of the year, and Dale could go as Romeo <laughs> from Romeo oh, and yeah. Juliet the movie can I go oh, as the yeah.
0: John Lucquisamo
1: part? was that Bercuccio? <laughs> That's my that's my cosplay right there. We might just have make it a Romeo and Juliet party. <laughs> Everyone has to dress up like a character from that movie.
2: That'd be amazing.
1: Can I be Claire Danes? Is that I would assume I mean I've must. already done
0: drag one you know one episodes already. So what else is
1: on your list from twenty thirteen drag loves beer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old triple one, episode one eleven. Uh you know, there are a couple episodes on our catalog where we just gush about what a book means to us, where we were in our love of comics, when a book came out, or where we just, you know, were in general in our lives. And we talked about Batman Hush. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it gets a lot of lip on this show. Had a great episode. A lot of people talk about it. And we just let the gush filters, we took them off for that episode. You know, we uh, we have a embargo system here, at Paper Keg basically the rules are any issue that I mentioned more than once gets embargoed uh, or anything that I say that I have loved and is by Jan Durgan's. I can't talk about, but we all took off the mute filters for Batman Hush and it still sticks in my mind as one of our better book club discussions
2: of all time. Just talking about our love for that arc. Mm. I think we all three had had just so much to say about that book because it 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 was like that book hit all of our sweet spots and, and, and times of, in our lives when comics were super prominent to us and and hush just stood out for us all and that was uh, that was beautiful and Desiree <laughs> was playing in the background and John Leguizamo <laughs> was there. You know what I mean? And my beach Hawaiian shirt.
0: Jonesy, obviously, in drag as per usual.
2: As
1: Desiree. I do want to bring up that Batman, the animated series, is officially on Amazon Instant Video. And I have been yeah, watching it's just it. It's been a treasure to watch that the last couple oh, days. Oh, man. I just got through. I'm up to the Clayface Feet of Clay two parter. Oh, man. Second episode of that had some of the mm-hmm. best animation uh, of that entire series. I was really. I'm always taken aback by that episode. Let's see, what we got here on my list here. We're running out of tape. We're running out of tape, guys. Um, really quickly, short, short little nugget that I want to bring up. One of my favorite book clubs, Profit. You know, oft mm. looked over, but that was one of those book clubs where we had some vehement disagreements. Dale specifically really <laughs> dropped his pants and spread his cheeks all over that book uh, in the nicest way he could have. I mean, yes the art really struggled and changed the last few issues but it was i thought that was a really good book club to to show how some of us really liked it some of us didn't like it and maybe it was in, in between somewhere
2: yeah when i was going uh mulling over the show notes earlier for each episode profit stuck stuck out for me as one being memorable because of that it was it was just so, um, it, it bared good discussion because, you know, it, it wasn't all a love fest or mm-hmm. uh, a hate fest. It was it was somewhere in the middle and Prophet was just like, just, and, I, and it's like, what was it? The first three or four issues were amazing and then it just gets to be wacky, crazy, mm-hmm. like, issue that I'd never want to read again type <laughs> stories.
1: Also on my list was Julio's Day which I, I had a profound impact on myself but I think I wanted it to be a book club but it never never happened. Julio's Day I highly recommend go buying uh Fury Max. We have we might have to make that a a, a rucka keg. Mm, nice Max oh, you, you have me at rucka. Uh. Probably it could be my number 1 book of the year. Fury wow. Max. Wow,
0: the uh, last thing I had on my list was episode eighty-four, the Skull Kicker's book club, where Dale and I nerd out for ten minutes, much to the chagrin of Mark Farrington, who was walked off the show because <laughs> he uh, he hates anything with fantasy, noir, R, uh, anything that's not Batman, essentially.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barry Allen. I also or Wally had, West. I don't know who.
1: I also had Born Again. As one of um, one of my faves, that book club. Ooh. What a delight that was. My God. And uh, my my last moment, I had a cure on here, but Jonesy referenced it. But I think one of my favorite book clubs was Court of the Owls, where we talked about what we loved about that book, but we also talked about what we hated in that book. And it You was, mean when you specifically unmade everybody's decision to like it live on air? Listen, we all had our issues with it and when you see something so often you start to pick it apart and i did that pretty strongly with uh that silly scene with robin running up to that bat signal the little 8 year old that they all respect <laughs> get out of here yeah. you stink <laughs> <laughs> uh but that was a that was a fun one i mean i, I greatly enjoyed that book and it's entertaining but that doesn't yeah. mean there could be some serious <laughs> flaws in it
0: sintitulo was another great book club that had us uh Going back over it about forty times just to send it in the chatter. Oh yeah. About us trying to figure out what exactly the ending was.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um nobody still knows. But no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> any any other closing thoughts before we get into stray bullets?
2: Uh I just wanna say that, you know, for this being one of the last times uh to be taking place in Josie Showden. 2013 was a great year in uh, paper keg show history and you know f- from you know going from there moving forward it's just uh it's, it's it's a good it was a good year really good year read some I I didn't go back to 2012 and 2011 but We read a lot of really good books in 2013, a lot of stuff that wasn't, isn't mainstream and a lot of stuff that I think probably changed our world, uh, for the better, It's in the book clubs especially. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful for that, for that. Looking, looking forward to doing more of that, more experiments, experimenting with, uh, Books that aren't on people's radar so much, mm-hmm. or aren't on our radar, but are on everybody else's radar for a reason that we just don't know yet. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, I will. Uh, I will agree with you. Yeah, you know, the difference between 2012 and 2013 for me, as much as I always love to review a Daredevil or you know whatever Dakin number eleven, uh, I did throw what I liked, you know, out the window this past year and try to pick up as many number ones as I could and exposed myself to as many different publishers as I could. And that's when I really fell in love with comics as a medium and as, you know, something that creators love and are passionate about versus just loving the superhero stories, which I still love. I mean, that's, you know, what I cherished my heart from when I was a kid. But to really grow as a reader and explore new titles and new concepts and new ways of telling stories through comics... Uh, Like, I'll, you know, like, guide a view and things like that that normally wouldn't interest me. Uh, 2013's been a great year for me as a reader in general.
2: Agree. Good. Good.
0: Nice. Nice. Nice of done. (laughs) Sorry, I don't have a
2: prepared speech for
1: 2013, everybody. Uh, Stray Bullets from David Lapham. Lapham. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't YouTube video interview his his name to see how people pronounce it. So I apologize. Stray bullets is a noir. I'm hesitant to use the phrase anthology because each issue we read, we read issue one through seven, which was a hardcover was collected as the first seven issues way back. And I'm hesitant to call it an anthology because each issue follows a, you know mainly one character or a set of characters but overall in the entire series there's a large cast of characters that intertwine uh jonesy stray bullets please please please, Please, lord
0: (laughs) if you want to try to describe stray bullets uh as a relation think about uh pulp fiction whereas seven issues are presented as seven vignettes with crossing over characters and situations such as, you know, a party that lasts through several issues where different characters come and go from. Uh, You know, characters are presented as younger, as children, and then other tales of them growing up. And the central character, the connective tissue, is uh, like a gangster called uh, Harry that no one sees or really hears speak out loud, but he's the one that kind of is the glue... Uh, that holds this world together. And the world is very dark and noir. And the theme of Stray Bullets is twofold. If you're a bad person and you make bad choices, bad things will happen to you. And if you're a good person and you make the right choices, bad things will happen to you. (laughs) And it's just a wonderful set of stories of things that could and do happen in this world that people have to cope with the consequences. I mean there are some over the top stories. The first issue is um a really I would say twilight zone story about two uh gangsters who dispatch bodies. You know, their job is to dump the bodies so that there's no connective tissue between the people doing the killing. And the people dumping the bodies, and uh, the co-pilot, if you will, sees a victim uh, for like twenty seconds, and like immediately manifests like necrophilia and falls in love with his corpse. And then his there's just a steady descent into madness from the time he gets back in the car to the time the issue ends and everybody's dead. I mean, there's but there's also stories about a young girl who just wants to go see star wars and because she's in the wrong part of town and sees the wrong things it spins her life into like this awful trajectory that later she turns out to be like a terrible criminal human being because of something she saw that really messed with her and and the system rejected her and just didn't know how to help her and i can't help but think that that happens a lot that's down to earth like, that's that's something that happens where these kids need help, you know, slip through the cracks. So, think of Pulp Fiction, but more dark than funny, and nobody has a chance of not getting hit by a straight bullet.
1: okay, you weaseled in that title under that sentence. That was well done. You like that? Yeah, it was very well done. Thank you. No, that's a good older. Dale uh, underscore A. You look torn. You look conflicted. About stray bullets, let us into your heart right now.
2: What, what do you want me to say, guys? Huh? Huh? I read it. You know. <laughs> Look, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, prophet. <laughs> I don't want it to be. Uh, I. I am. Uh, I appreciate that I read the story. But I'm gonna. The first thing that comes to mind, and the first thing I'm gonna say, is I got the same feeling reading this that I did when I read Scalped, oh. which is which was a highly oh. almost took the sh- tore the show apart at the seams. And my feelings on Scalped are, are that of Straight Bullets. the The story wasn't bad; it was just real. Like it was just sad. It was not. It was a cross section of terrible living, and each issue, there pretty much wasn't any positives in any of the stories. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I I'm so far removed from scalped that I don't know if it was better or worse than scalped, and my feelings that. But this was like. You know, this is the nineteen eighties in Baltimore. So the this is like people living in the city. It was just, it was just like a bad. It's a bad time in these people's lives. But a lot of, the, but a, a lot of it they create themselves because you know they're hanging out in the wrong parts of town with the wrong people, and they they have the wrong aspirations in life. They want to make it to, and they want to succeed at being a terrible person um, the storytelling was very well done I really liked the I, I mean for all the negativity that these books invoke and evoke the set pieces were great the characters were great um, I really liked that aspect of it it was just is just like it was really real It was really real. And it it, it made me feel a lot of sympathy for a lot of the characters. But that's all you... like Sympathy and mourning for a lot of the characters because it never got any better or doesn't get any better for them. Does that make sense?
1: It does. So since we're on the scalp train, I loved it. I loved Stray Bullets... One through seven. I was thoroughly enthralled, engaged in the stories. I was taken aback by how talented uh, Lapham is. That how you pronounce it, Dale? That's Lapham. what I would. Lapham, I would David Lapham. I couldn't believe it. I thought some of the some of the scenes where characters are shown in two panels and their mood shifts or background shifts or lighting changes that he did in the artwork were so. Expertly planned, they were amazing. Um, it it definitely brought me into the book, and I, <clears throat> when I was reading it, we weren't sure what issues we were gonna do one through four or one through seven because it hasn't really been collected recently, and since they're vignettes, there's not kind of like an arc end. And so when I read issues one through four, me personally, I was so engaged in the stories that I was like, well, you guys will probably want to continue on to one through seven. And then as I got I think as I sat through it, I was curious if they, you guys w- actually would be engaged in an entertaining way as I was. So I loved seeing the intertwining of characters over the years. They show the one kind of kid that was responsible in the first issue for the for dumping the body, and then yeah. you show the story of his... You get one scenario of his mother uh, just being kind of just the worst mother in history. Um where she takes this young 16-year-old under her wing to try to seduce and have sex with, and you see him in the background of that story, the son, because that's her mother, and then you also see him in another story where this, uh, I think his name was Les, this young up-and-coming thief, Led, where you see his story, and you also see the son there. I love that intertwining of characters, and I wanted to read more. I wanted to see... Yeah, Uh, how they meet up again and where they see each other. And the one story with lead, actually, I kind of misread it where at the end of that issue, you know, he eventually he's at this party. uh, He's this young up and comer wants to make a name for himself. And he meets with this girl who is the girlfriend of Harry, the gangster, but he doesn't know that. So she wants to leave town. She's having trouble with Harry and they eventually sleep together. And, it's his party, and eventually he's he wants to meet Harry. He wants to you know introduce himself. So Harry finally shows up, but he shows up when those two are in bed together, and that's how that issue ends. And I originally read that as Led was the older guy from issue one, dumping the bodies. I thought that something happened with mm. him that he didn't get killed. But he was thrown so far down the ladder that he was responsible for dumping these bodies years later, which isn't the case there. I guess they're two different characters they have two different names, but that's how I originally read it at first
2: hmm. that and that that very well could have been that's that's interesting that you thought that that's um I liked how the and and everything you said slim i mean the the art was fantastic the characters the the pa- I, I like how structured the panel layouts were hmm. like they were very rigid they were like nine panels to a page or three pat three bigger panels to a page I, I thought it was fantastic like everything about it was great it was just you know sad it was just sad sad times um, I really like that lead issue and it was so like the timing like he had the pacing down pat like by the end of the issue he's like Led his head over heels in love with this woman that he just met that night, and like he is, he's two second, two sentences away, like two steps from the from the fire escape to like just running away with her that night. He was gonna like pick up and leave, and then Harry shows up, and it was just like, and and the woman is like crap, and Mm -hmm. and I I loved how that issue played out. I loved it.
1: The um the I think her name was Ginny, the the young girl who has her face cut. In the issue too, following her story was, and I think you even talked about it was the book is almost too real, and I think because um you, know, you follow their stories and there's no kind of redemption, and I talk about that in all the books that I read. I love the anti-hero and I love the redemption scene where you raise up, where you rise up and you you know you prevail, but you don't get any kind of hint that that happens with any of these characters. There's al- there's it's almost like shades of gray leaning towards, you know, black the whole time mm-hmm. where this Ginny character is, you feel, you can't help but feel sorry for these characters the whole time you read but you're still so engaged with her. She, her face gets cut because these bullies beat her up and then she, she runs away from home and this guy picks her up and he says that he's like a, Brutal you know, we can be Bonnie and Clyde together. So he's this, this six-year-old man picks up this, you know, maybe eight or nine-year-old girl and they're just driving around and you get the, you get the vibe that this guy is obviously going to do some terrible things to this girl when she least suspects it, or he's going to trick her into doing it because he's kind of just like licking his lips at various oh, yeah. points of the story. And he's just so excited about what could happen between the two. So he tells her, you know, let's go rob this store. We can be Bonnie and Clyde together. And then at the end of the issue, he says, you know, I'm going to take you home. And it turns out that he's this up and coming politician trying to make a name for himself. And this was his plot, you know, the whole time I, I couldn't believe that like that was that slapped me in the mouth my iPad literally popped me in the face with that last page (laughs) I
2: I knew something was going to go down like something uh, I I couldn't have guessed the ending but as soon as he like goes to open the trunk there's like a sticker with his name on it oh the buttons. it's like a a politician sticker it's like a bumper sticker on the car. That's even before he opens the glove box with the buttons in it and stuff. And I was like, this guy's a politician, something. I mean, he could be just like a dirty pedo politician, you know, but I was like, this, this bumper sticker is going to come into play at some point. Yeah. yeah.
1: That, that issue like threw me for a loop. Um, I literally downloaded all 39 issues. I'm trying to get back into the app now. The, um, what was issue three? the, the oh, issue three was the lead. And then there was the young kid that was seduced by the mother. That issue was just like I was like zoned in on these issues. Like the the apartment could have been on fire, but I was just like horse blinders in on these issues. And this kid was being seduced by this mother who, you know, just wanted to take this kid home and have a night with him. And he was this, this young, unassuming kid. And that last – so he does – Eventually, I mean, I'm skipping over a lot of things, but he does spend the night at this party with her house. But he just, he is just so disturbed by the entire night. Um, so that the issue starts out with him seeing a car accident, and he sees her at this accident, and she's kind of quote unquote distraught, and she needs someone to be with her. And then eventually, he leaves the party, and it comes full circle where he sees another car accident, Jonesy, and then he sees that car accident, and the woman comes out of the car. And she's so upset that she hits someone, (laughs) and he pops her in the face. He just punches her. My God, I I couldn't
0: believe that page. When (laughs) I had to actually reread that page a couple of times because it wasn't—I wasn't wasn't sure if she provoked it. I mean, what happened? But when he just loses it because he's been literally through the worst night of his life, and uh, or best, you know, according to some (laughs) of the (laughs) panels. When he walks out and sees that car accident, and like just something in his mind breaks, and the lady just steps out of the car in tears that she's been in a car wreck, and he's just like, you know what, I'm ending this. <laughs> Goes after
1: her. I could I couldn't believe it that that issue. I mean, all seven issues in my view are phenomenal. the The scene where the the thief, the world's greatest uh, thief, um, or I'm sorry, not the world's greatest thief. Well, she eventually becomes it, but. She's, she has this vision or meeting with God as a young kid, and where God tells her that there is no heaven, and heaven is, is actually earth, and you should, you should be good enough to make heaven on earth. That's why you're supposed to be a good person. Earth is supposed to be heaven. And so he tells her that there's no afterlife, there's just nothingness. So she, after that point, she just goes mute. She doesn't say anything. There's nothing wrong with her. She just refuses to speak or do anything. And her mother has to take care of her at at this point. And she's starting to get upset. And she's like, she hates this kid. So eventually these scientists make this truth machine where they hook up to this kid to see why she's like this. And it's revealed to everyone in the room that there is no heaven. And that God, this God character told her this. So it's true. And they all lose their minds. They go goes, they goes psychotic and the mother tries to kill this kid for, for holding this back. Everyone dies in the room. And then she goes on this world famous, you know, uh, thieving spree. I guess I didn't know what phrase to say there. But <laughs> that issue was
2: amazing too. It was like a Twilight Zone episode that issue was complete crap i I would buy that issue in bulk and wipe my my dirty butt with it every time I went to the bathroom that, I had no idea where that issue was coming from it was like the year thirty thousand three thousand thirty eight I have no idea what was going on but that that totally I, I could maybe props to him for experimenting on trying this different storyline in his book but Holy crap. That was that yeah, that was probably the worst my worst issue of the year 2015.
1: Well, why, why do you think it was uh, a book worthy of wiping your anus with if you could maybe get into the details?
2: I just didn't get it. Like I I just I couldn't get it. She was she had this conversation with this man, God, and then these we, these scientists with German accents come in with a truth machine and it's a TV. And they stick a suction cup to her forehead and and it shows her. I I absolutely did not understand what was going on in that issue. And and it stuck out like a sore thumb because all the other issues were very real. I I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Especially against the setting of all the uh, six other issues and how real they were in 1980 Baltimore. Hmm. I didn't get it.
1: Jonesy is the tiebreaker man pressure
0: right <laughs> i loved stray bullets and i you know i hate to agree with slim but uh i actually just i love that i love having to think about it i love the you know the twilight zone merges with pulp fiction to have these crazy situations maybe the uh, the god machine truth serum machine was a little far fetched but you can see it the <laughs> the other <laughs> Uh, issues where people just break down mentally is is crazy to read, and you know we all live you know pretty great lives, and we don't have we don't we're not exposed to that kind of thing. So to know that this kind of darkness out there exists and that we get a glimpse in it are reasons why people watch you know The Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone and all those kind of you know shows where that kind of side of life is exposed. And uh, the art, I mean, this the newspaper strip style art where, you know, each page can be up to eight panels and tells visual stories like, oh you know, not like a motion comic, but like the action happens in a visual way, extremely pulpy, great use of uh, black, white, and grayscale. Uh, gray I mean, this is a textbook example of how to write a good comic, in my opinion sorry Dale i apologize
2: i mean i don't you don't have to apologize to me i'm not <laughs> like I'm not affected by it i just <laughs> i i I appreciate it I get it I just think it's too 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 real like it's and too lessy i think I think this too, is a bu-
1: this is a series where any regular person not doing a podcast about a book would stop after issue one like Dale would probably never continue past stray bullet's number one I think like this you'd probably say like you know this probably isn't a book for me and that would be at the end of it
2: it yeah exactly it just wouldn't be a book for me because there's you know there's re- i have time and resources and i'd like and you know it, which is weird because sometimes when we read books that evoke this kind of motion emotion you know i'm not as affected by it and i'd love it but it's almost like i'm and i probably say the same i said the same thing for scalp for sure like i i I don't know if I want to spend my time just reading the book, these books that make me feel like that. Like, and and then there's no redemption from it. Like there's no feeling good from it at the end. Like, Mm -hmm. especially like, especially with the Ginny storyline and stuff that was just like to see this girl from being like witnessing something to for, to fall so far because she was told what she saw and she was told what she couldn't say. And, 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 it, it was just like it, it was really hard hitting stuff. It was really hard hitting stuff. But I mean, I I like I, I'm. But at since the series is only forty issues long, you know, I'm my interest is certainly peaked to want to keep reading it. But it's it's just like I don't know if I want to invest the time to just feel like sa- a sad sack after reading it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I I, I look. I love that people love it, and I love that it's that it, this exists. It's just not the book for me, you
1: know. No, I totally understand that point of view. I think there's a ton of books that maybe hit different, um, different emotional st- strides than mm-hmm. than stray bullets. That I would probably say the same with. You know, this is probably a book that you know it's a well executed comic book, but I just don't have any interest in reading it. It's just not something mm-hmm. at the end of the day yeah. that I s- want to sit down and, well, I finished, you know, this book and how do I feel about it? I don't want to get to that point. There's just other things that I could be reading.
2: But I mean, that, that issue with the 17-year-old kid and, like, I just, f- I mean, it was weird, but I felt for that kid because he's 17. He's, he lives a, a good life. He's good he's, he, in his parents' eyes. He's trustworthy. And then this Rosie comes along and totally preys on him. Like, the, she's like, He's probably had, what, like, two rum and Cokes? Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, under the influence and she, like, just gives him these pills to take and it's, like, the kid's, like, the kid's the size of a string bean and he's, has, like, he's drinking rum and Cokes, now he's taking these pills? Like, I just, I was just like, holy crap, this kid is in for a world, like, holy smokes. they'll just, when did
0: the jealous rages take over as you were reading, what panels, specifically? <laughs>
1: that's a, that's a story too where and I, it's like plainly obvious with the Ginny character but and i wonder and maybe they do but they come back to this this 17 year old kid but he's warped like there are certain his sexual life and largely his social life is probably just forever damaged from from this encounter with this yeah. woman and maybe yeah. maybe in later issues we do find out that that's the case i don't know but i'm very Which,
2: interested in reading it which is which is bananas because like this kid, <laughs> Otis or something was a name. Um, this kid is, is has been affected by this one night with Rosie. You know what I mean? But this is Rosie's life. Like this is her life. This is her every day, and she's perfectly content with the way she lives. But like she just totally screwed this kid over. I mean, it was cr- is crazy crazy to think about. Like the implication, I lo- and I love that that storytelling, the the, the like the uh, the long term effect that, that the book had, and I'm, I'm 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 very happy that it didn't turn out worse for him at in the end of the book, <laughs> like because he's screwed up enough emotionally and mentally, but he
0: just assaulted a poor. Accident accident. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I'm just glad he didn't get like murdered at the party or O D or something awful like that. I
0: thought he was gonna get hit by a car. I thought that that's yeah. how the end of yeah, the too. issue was gonna end.
2: Oh man, I did too.
1: That ending was just so bizarre and threw me for a loop. Um Stray Bullets. I can't wait to finish it. If I have time tonight after editing this show, I'm gonna plow through another however many issues I can. I can't wait to get to actually the last issue isn't even out yet i think it comes out in march so
2: which is i think is super interesting it's cool that it's coming out i think it went on did it go on hiatus in 2005 or something yeah, like that Yeah,
1: i think he he even said blandly like freelance work pays better and i just don't have the time that's great though to i put mean the resources behind it
2: to see that it's coming back out and then there's like a new mini series coming out that's like an ultra cool ending for this series that's really cool for the for lapham comma david Stray Bullets.
1: Hard hitting. We got
0: your letters. I'm gonna open them up. I'm gonna I. read them to you.
1: Letters at paperkeg.com you have some thoughts on a book club or scalped or you think we should read scalped volume two uh shoot us a letter
0: slim our first letter tonight comes in with the subject covers hey gents love the show happy to have stumbled upon your podcast i've gotten back into reading comics regularly and i bought some comics based only on the cover art this has bitten me in the butt a few times. Thank you for uh, actually typing butt there. We appreciate the family show. Generally, I'm happy with my purchase, even though the interior art may be different. Do any of you ever take a chance on a book based on the cover art? Any pleasant surprises? Any artist covers you like in particular? Thanks, Sean Gregory Miller. He leaves the link, anchorcomics.com. P.S. John Hamm, no thanks.
2: Oh, sick burn. Uh, I think that's that's a this is a great email, especially for people who uh are just getting into comics or getting back into comics uh it's you know it's often debatable for especially for people who aren't really into comics that the covers never reflect what's actually on the inside of the book um but g d their like covers will sell a book mm-hmm. and a lot of them are quite fantastic.
0: Any um, Alex Ross painted cover does it for yep. me, guys.
2: Yeah, I was I was actually gonna say that too, Jonesy. Alex Ross is key. You How get those
1: key. Acid Ribbic Uncanny X Force covers for that series. Remember that? Ooh boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. I do want to apologize to this uh letter oh. writer that this came in over a Tumblr ask and I read it one day and then just totally forgot about it. <laughs> I apologize
2: <laughs> it's okay t- t- those people use those things in tumblr it's nice to know I, i'm always
1: curious because now i read digital comics 100 percent of the time uh unless it's like one of those oddball book clubs that we do it's not available in digital um i was perusing that hulu plus app on ipad it's actually really well done and the way they sort through um, you know, new episodes and stuff. It's like new episode content, but there's not like a new episode cover. They don't make like specialized artwork for an episode. They just use the series art. And I always always think like to myself, well what if we just got rid of covers? What if we just you know, mm-hmm. just used fancy series art in widescreen form or whatever and you just always browse through and there's just like the Netflix and it just said new issues underneath. You know, on like a text overlay on the cover. Like, why but why wouldn't bother with covers anymore? I don't know. It, seemed, it seems kind of like a... I mean, obviously, print is still like 80, 75% of the business. So you still kind of need it. But yeah. it's just something I think about when I'm perusing apps.
2: It's um interesting to see, uh, you know, a lot of the direction that image is going with their new titles. Like, um, what am I thinking? Like east of west or manhattan projects Mm -hmm. like it's more graphic design now than uh a cover sketch or cover picture that doesn't even really apply to what's inside like you know mary jane kissing peter parker for example and that never happens in inside the book or whatever but image does that a lot and i think it's i think it's bold and i think it's you know for the these times i think it's a smart choice because, like, graphic design and stuff can really sell if it looks if it looks good, really good. Mm. I think I, uh, I could sell a book.
0: I kind of like what DC Digital's doing. Um, like, for instance, each arc gets a cover. So, like, if you're reading Batman Beyond or if you're reading Justice League Beyond and you, like, buy issue one of an arc and you want to continue that, but you don't know if you want to go beyond that, it's easy just to grab what you want and put it in your cart because it's all got the same cover that's new and different and mm-hmm. I really dig that and uh, Dale I, I agree with your point as well I love like the new simple streamlined image covers you know what I mean it's just mm-hmm. like it, it's not too busy and it, it tells one thing about the book that's going to be inside that you're going to get out of it and uh, it's very modern and I, I appreciate it a lot for that
2: yeah, and uh it, as far as other questions, um any pleasant surprises, any other artist, artist covers you like in particular? I will um almost 100% of the time unless it's really outlandish. If Humberto Ramos is doing a Spider-Man cover, I will buy it. It's if it's a variant cover, I will buy. it. I love uh Humberto's Spider-Man. Um I'm trying to think Paolo Rivera does a lot of covers now. Mm. He can he can Design the crap out of a cover. Mm. He does some good stuff in cover in the cover department now. Um, who else? Delato. He can if he does. If you get a, oh a cover by yeah. him,
1: yeah. his Ooh. his variants for um, Secret Invasion were pretty great.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for that uh, letter, Sean. That's awesome. Um. The next letter comes from friend of the show, Don Garvey. it, um, it relates to a lot of what I just said, but uh, we just have we're on the same wavelength here, Don. I started read, reading uh, straight bullets. I started reading these and got too depressed. It's a comic about bad things happening to people in black and white. For real question. How often do you feel pressure to like certain comics because they're artsy even though you really don't? Question mark uh, do you mean bandette because that's the perfect example where
0: I felt tons of pressure to like a book and somehow all we get away was that is I dislike the French people
2: that's <laughs> a- <laughs> that was the takeaway from that entire episode I think, I think that's a perfect example though what of what Don's asking and I, it, it, there probably is a lot of pr- there is a lot of pressure like if you walk into a comic shop the comic book shop in Delaware man the uh, Titus in in particular, she will lay a book on your hands, and if you even ch- try to talk about the book that she loves, it's all—it's game over. Game over for you. I think
1: we've done pretty good with um, books that were hyped, or were supposed to be masterpieces. And I mean, obviously we do that with every book. We don't really cut any corners. I mean, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I think, was one that immediately pops to mind with... I think every ten pages started with an attempted rape of that female character. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, Alan Moore. Um, we we praise Alan Moore for Tom Strong and Swamp Thing, but he's done some funky stuff in his day. Latter day, I guess.
2: <laughs> um yeah, that uh, like scalped uh stray bullets, I mean it's
0: it's tough. It's tough as
2: Metropolitan. Oh, you guys, come
1: on, you cut that out. That's you talk about a book that you would rather wipe your nether regions with <laughs> Transmetropolitan <laughs> Double Ply, please. <laughs> Whoa, there
0: we go. <laughs> it was garbage, Johnny.
1: is what we're trying to say, Dale.
2: <laughs> wasn't garbage.
1: Maybe at garbage. the time, Transmetro was really impactful, but in 2013, 2012, whenever we read it, did not stand the test of time. My book.
2: So as far as, uh, I guess there's really no pressure that uh, anybody feels when they read a book that's supposed to be good, but not, because I think when we first started the show, I felt a lot more pressure, because, you know, for some reason, all co- all eyes, all ears would be on us, and, and the comic world was listening, but frankly, we have our own little corner of the co- of the comic universe, and I love where we're at, but... Uh, you know, I, it's, there is a lot of pressure thinking like, you know, somebody might hear what you're saying and not like what you have to say and just, and destroy you over the internet for it. Mm -hmm. And then you end up in the new issue of straight bullets coming out and your life is ruined. I, uh,
0: (laughs) I will say this. I do like how we have never catered on this show. Uh, we've never given praise just for the sake of any kind of personal relationship that we want with a creator you know if if we gush over something or someone it's because that person's earned you know earned it on talent and we're also not afraid to say you know well we don't like issues and I feel like other other shows and I'm not naming names but other shows might have you know they want to get guests on or whatever and, and so they, they talk nice about everything and every all properties that come across but I like the paper cake holds no you know nothing to anybody we just talk about what
2: we like or don't like
1: Jones loves percuss everybody I
2: don't know if that was a question or not or Slim did you do you ever feel that kind of I mean I don't even know if we can talk about this and you get it out of this out if uh-huh. we have to but like you do not on this show but you do interviews and stuff like mm-hmm. is there any sort of extra pressure
1: or i think there's a huge amount of pressure there's a huge amount of pressure to talk to not make i mean there was well there was two shows the friday show there's a huge amount of pressure to not make kind of like an offhanded comment about a book that i mean obviously it's very difficult you do a podcast for a digital comics company so you have relationships with yeah you essentially have relationships with the publishers so i i mean anyone that has watched my twitter feed before i got this job I was a totally different person comics-wise back then. <laughs> I would destroy and rail. Uh, I would I'd be on Dan slot levels. Sand lot. Sorry, yeah. if you might be listening. <laughs> Sand it's lot. too late. Uh, it's in the zeitgeist. And I even right see now. them in my time hop popping up of how willy-nilly I was at making <laughs> radical comments about comics and digital comics. But I can't do that anymore. I'm in a position that it can affect too many things to have a person in a company like my, the one that I'm in now, you, you just can't do it. And I do think subconsciously I've made that change on this podcast, but not as much because I think we're still in kind of a jovial state where it's not three people beating down one book. And I don't talk about books that mm-hmm. are, I obviously don't talk about books that I don't like anymore. I stopped yeah. that. That was a, that was a big change I think maybe, but I, obviously a change for the better. Why bother talking about a
2: book that you hate? I think, um, I think as a whole, we kind of stopped that too, just because yeah. there's a lot of energy. If, if you just spend the energy talking about something you hate like that, it's just not it's, pr- it's just, it just doesn't jive with the energy level, of the show, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think I think plus when I got the job, I think I don't want to say I, I matured a little bit, but maybe I, maybe there's some forced maturity about how I how I went about things, how I went about conducting myself on the internet. And maybe some people don't think I have, but I personally think I have a, a just tenfold of what I see. What I see in time hop. I come back to time hop three or four years ago. In my head, I just like literally like, what were you thinking? Like, why? Why would you Do even you say, say
0: that? Like, I am a monster, and I know this now. <laughs> and my friend Jonesy,
1: I've tortured mercilessly for years for no reason. Is that a thought that springs to your head when you open that up that kind of up? trolling? I don't think has matured at all. I think that will never mature. Yeah, I but agree that there are certain other aspects <laughs> of of different areas of how you conduct yourself either on social networks or even in real life that I think um, that I think this job has definitely m- matured in certain aspects, and you kind of have to. Guys,
0: this is one of our longest episodes in history right now oh my god
1: <laughs> we're not even at the fireside yet we're at an a, a hour 12 minutes We have to cut out that fireside just like the news segment <laughs> who needs it who needs it that was kind of a fireside end to the show anyway <laughs> do we have a maybe we haven't picked the next book club yet but i thought we did hellboy volume two oh was it volume two i wasn't sure i don't know how those volumes work and on the uh, dark horse
0: how do you feel about that dale hellboy volume two Oh my
1: god. That's it. That's we all on that hardcover. You can finally dust off that hardcover from your little <laughs> baby feet touching it while you're passing <laughs> the, out on the floor you the other night.
2: <laughs> take the plastic <laughs> wrapper off of it.
1: <laughs> uh, what a show. Great book club. I love these book clubs, but we all don't love
2: it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I think it makes for a good conversation for sure.
1: Uh, papercake.com Star-watch. Authority. <laughs> Um, shoot us a Jenny. review on iTunes if you're free Jenny Sparks love oh god don't remind me that. I'm bit. Jenny
0: Quantum now <laughs>
1: also a thing she said we'll see everybody next week
2: It was a good show.
0: It was a great show. I love the energy.
2: One of the best.
1: I loved our recap segment of 2013. That was fantastic. You guys
2: noticed
0: that I did not give Slim an intro of any kind? A, a goofy one, as it will?
2: Yeah, is that a new thing for the new year? No, it...
0: Nope. Just the first time in, you know, 132 episodes that I decided not to.
2: Hmm. It was noticed. The I fact I that you had to bring it up. Well, I, I, I looked probably... at your
0: face when I did it. <laughs> And you shook your head as if in disapproval. I was like, "What's? I'm happening? not sure
1: why." That was the same uh, shaking of his head that he gave after every issue of Stray Bullets.
2: <laughs> yeah. My stomach was churning for these poor people's lives. Virginia, uh, Applejack, poor Jenny. I, can just I can't imagine. Wait to read on. Dale
0: following Mo into the kitchen. Like I, I, I can't. I don't even <laughs> want to finish this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
2: then she'd be like Good oh times. okay she wouldn't even give two craps You'd, yeah no, she, i wouldn't even, i wouldn't even i wouldn't even vocalize my disapproval of or <laughs> approval for comic because she she wouldn't care at all anyway so
0: dale that trash isn't taking out itself so are we gonna talk <laughs> about this all night or i lost
2: That's the game pain. of uh i lost the game of uh diaper genie chicken i was playing with her uh, <laughs> Because, you know, it's sad to know exactly what just, you're talking about. She was just jamming them down in there. They were fitting, too. Just getting them in there, getting, jamming, jamming. I was like, I guess I got to take this out. She's not going to empty it. She will not empty it. That's when you just take
1: that diaper genie. and you just open it up on her side of the bed. You just dump it out. <laughs> and you're like, so, yeah, what now? Yeah. <laughs> you strut out. I'm
0: going to play this episode of Your Divorce later on, Slim.
1: Uh, did anyone read Origin 2 number 1? Yeah, yeah I did what did you think? I felt like it could have excised about a half of the text in the book I, I feel like the not to tr- trump up Adam Kubert's art as much as I usually do but I feel like you could have told the same story by maybe having a few pages less text like just I was let the artwork super hoping the there story. would have
0: been none like one of those silent issues
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I really would have loved that.
1: It was a, I mean, that was How a,
2: random, like, but a silent issue is what, like maybe lightning in a bottle, and you were just hoping all of a sudden that one of these Wolverine Origins issues would be a silent issue? the
1: number one issue.
2: I just,
0: yeah. I felt a feeling that it could work <laughs> great, because he's not supposed to be a man, right? He's supposed to be an animal. So why even have inner monologue? It was an odd. Right.
1: I, I will say it was an odd first issue. I, 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 mean, not a lot. You get the impression that he, he's with the wolves. Something happens that takes him away from the wolves. I mean, I guess that's kind of an okay first issue idea, but it just felt like nothing happened in that first issue. There was a lot of. There was too much, too much text from Kieran Gillen. A lot of it was confusing to me, reading it. Like it felt like whoa. Like I'm getting trying to get too deep, but it's not deep. It's just confusing me. If they were telling the story of how his second life ended,
0: like, as a segue of, you know, if he was going to back into the world of men because his escaped life was over, did it really need to take a whole issue to get that point
1: across? You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I, I think I still I still liked it because it's another Wolverine origin, which I loved origin one. Um, I don't know. I I wish they would have gotten the same guy that did the colors for the first origin, not to slight the color art in this book. Um, drawing a blank on who it is, I kind of have it open right now. Uh, some of the pages are really gorgeous, but I don't think I like the color art over the painted uh, art of the first series. I mean, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where it goes. I really don't like Mr. Sinister,
2: so it's kind of a downer. But I know Karen. Stop loves him. him. What? Oh, them two—they're like two peas in a pod. Mister
0: Sinister is in this origin
1: two story. I may have to burn my iPad. He's on the cover of issue one. Like when you, remo- there's like another what? cover where you Say remove what? his arm and it's his head. The one wolf, the lone wolf, had his symbol on his forehead. You didn't notice that? No, I definitely didn't. Not notice. And then the the marking on the bear on the final page—it said uh, Essex Project
2: One or whatever. It's Nathaniel Essex, that's sinister's name. Come on, babe. God. As I'm it turns semi-handed. out, as it turns out, it wasn't Wolverine Ar- Origins 2, issue one. It was just a silent issue of a comic that he found <laughs> that had no words in it. And did like, I, did I was read the same thing you guys did?
1: Jonesy was reading the Nuff Said month-long uh, arc <laughs> from 1997 that Marvel did. I mean, I'm, I enjoyed it. I, I think I made it sound like I didn't like it. I didn't really have a strong liking to it. I just liked it.
2: I was out of um, work before Christmas, so I didn't go to the comic shop. I didn't. I don't even know what came out last week, and I, I haven't had it was a chance only like seven. To...
1: It was literally only like seven books, and that's it. Oh okay. Yeah, oh, that's it. It was like uh, Justice League Forever but they were Evil, like,
2: but they were like big books, right? Like Avengers World or something. Is that, yeah, that
1: out? Rogue Planet one shot. I don't know.
2: Oh, that's a one. Oh, never
1: mind. I mean, it, it had a s It was supposed to be like their big point one issue. Mm -hmm. For Marvel, like, hey, get into Avengers here. But as a comic fan of 20-some-odd years, Essend-Ribbick only drew half of it. It had two other, three other artists do the Uh, second half. That's kind of a downer for me.
2: Hulk's got these, uh, it's not even the the Hulk suit. It's the, like, fist covers of the suit. Mm -hmm. Like, so on the cover, he's got these, like, clamshells covering his hand. Get here! What, what, that's a bad, bad taste. Bad design choice. I, I wish you ever even, I
1: still don't even know why. There's a reason for it. Apparently, in the Hulk, but none of us are reading Mark Wade's Hulk book, which is mind blowing when you think about it. None of us are reading Mark yeah. Wade's Hulk
2: book. Aunt Dog Teeth on the Twitter Twitter reads it. Um, What's he saying? I don't know. It? I don't know what the uh, latest is. He likes it because it's uh You know, it's just. Um, Kind of fun, actiony kind of stuff. I wish the uh, whoever came up with that clamshell over his hand design had had a silent issue when they were uh, <laughs> designing it. They just wrote nothing, no ideas.